the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Thursday, July the 15th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on July 15, 1834, the Spanish Inquisition was finally abolished after more than three and a half centuries after its creation. Today in 1870, Georgia became the last Confederate state to be readmitted to the Union. And today in 1910, the term Alzheimer's disease was described, it was used to describe a progressive form of dementia in a book, Clinical Psychiatry, by a German psychiatrist. He credited the work of his colleague, Alois Alzheimer, in identifying the condition. Today in 19. Uh, 16. 1916, Boeing Company, originally known as Pacific Aero Products Company, was founded in Seattle. Today in 1960, John F. Kennedy accepted the Democrat nomination for President of the United States. Today in 1975, three American astronauts blasted off aboard Apollo spaceship hours after two Soviet cosmonauts were also launched aboard their spacecraft, for a mission that included a link-up of the two ships in orbit. And today in 1976, a 36-hour ordeal began with 26 schoolchildren and their bus driver being abducted near Chowchilla, California, by three gunmen. They imprisoned the kids and the driver in an underground cell. My memory, I remember that well. My memory is that they somehow drove this bus into a kind of a place that had been already cut out with like equipment, like a caterpillar or something, where my mind remembers that it was like where you would back a truck into, like on a farm somewhere or something, and the, to get the bed so it was kind of, you know, with the level of the land and you can load stuff and so on. It was something like that, and they t- tried to or they did cover up the bus. It was... It was a bizarre kind of thing. However, it turned out as well as it could have. The three gunmen, um, they they were caught, and the captives, the kids, got out and were able to escape. So you can only imagine how that could have turned out. It did not. So thankfully, everyone was safe, and the bad guys were caught. Psalm 59.16 says, But I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. We live in a world of competing views and competing messages. Seems like everybody has the truth, and nobody has the truth. Because there's only one truth, and that is, that Almighty God reigns and rules forever and ever. The Hallelujah Chorus is about that. 
and our lives need to be about that as well. I don't know if you've sung the hymn recently in your church. Maybe they don't sing hymns anymore, sadly. But remember the hymn, I Sing the Mighty Power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty sky. Remember that one? I would sing it for you, but I don't want to ruin your day and make you never want to tune into this program again. But originally, that song was written by Isaac Watts, 19 years old. And it was written originally for kids, for children. It's a pretty heavyweight, theologically heavyweight hymn. But it was not written for adults. It was written for kids. There's a backstory there, and I won't take the time to get into it. But he was complaining, Isaac was complaining to his father, the Christian family, that he said, man, he said, I don't like the music in the church. He said, there's nothing for young people and like children in the church. He said, the hymns are... Are, are too old and for just adults and so on. His dad looked at him and he said, well, son, why don't you write something better? <laughs> and he did. And he went on to write a number of hymns, as you know. But he wrote this one. He was, As I said, he was 19 years old. The, the hymn was first published in 1715. And it was published in a hymnal that was titled Divine and Moral Songs for Children. Can you imagine today children saying, okay, kids, we're going to learn this? I mean, I, you know, but anyway, that's a bit of the backstory. There's more to the story, but we won't get into that today. But that's the backstory to that hymn. Let me share just a couple of the lyrics with you today. I, it just lifted my spirit as I looked at this oh, about an hour ago, and I think it will lift your spirit as well. You can sing along as I read the, the lyrics, I promise I won't break into singing unless I can't control myself. But it's it's a terrific hymn. There are so many of them. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at God's command and all the stars obey. I sing the mighty I sing the goodness of the Lord, who filled the earth with food, who formed the creatures through the word, and then pronounced them good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed, where'er I turn my eye, if I survey the ground I tread, or gaze upon the sky. There's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known, and clouds arise and tempests blow, and by order from thy throne, while all that borrows life from thee is ever in thy care. And everywhere that that we can be, thou, God, are present there. God is everywhere you're going to be today. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. He's omnipresent. God is with you at all times, in all places, in all circumstances. My grandmother used to say, now, Gary, remember, God is watching you. And I think, ooh, I better be careful. I better not do anything bad. Today, when someone says, God's watching you, I say, praise the Lord. I need the Lord to look out for me and to look over me. And so do you. The good news is that he is. His word promises that he's looking over everything that's going on. And as this hymn affirms, God's in control. Of all things. We live in a world that 
is out of control, but not everything is out of control. God is in control. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, he's one of the great liberals on the court, been on there a long time. He's 83 years old. He was did a interview this morning on CNN, and of course, the first question they asked him, or one of the first questions they asked him, they said, have you decided when you're going to retire? Because they, they're just beside themselves to allow Joe Biden the president. And I, understandably, I mean, conservatives were that way as well when a conservative president is in office. But they're, they're beside themselves because they want Biden to to choose a his replacement on the court because there's got to be some um, sense among Democrats that Joe Biden may not get reelected. And even if he defers and steps out, which some say he will, just before the next presidential election, giving time for Kamala Harris to be president, then to run for reelection as president, which would be disastrous by all accounts. I don't think she could win, but I didn't think Joe Biden could win either. But nonetheless, they're wanting to take care of this and get this Breyer, Justice Breyer, replaced. He's, as I said, 83 years old. And they asked him, they said, right away, CNN said, do you, do you have any um, ideas when you might be retiring? He said, no. He said, actually, I don't. He said, I don't know when I'll retire. And that wasn't the answer they were looking for. But he gave two reasons. He said that would contribute to his eventual decision to retire. He said, one, he said, primarily, of course, health. And he said, I'm in great health. And apparently he is. He said, secondly, he said, the court itself. I don't know what that meant. I don't know if he's going to talk to these fellow justices or what that means. But anyway, he said, secondly, would be the court itself. Interestingly enough, he uh, they're putting a lot of pressure on him, especially the far left. I mean, they're they're calling for his uh, retirement or resignation um, publicly. I mean, you know, celebrities, types, Hollywood, all that that group. They've been doing this, so I, I'm sure it's irritating him a little bit. It would me. I think it would most anybody. But anyway, uh, he's. I think he'll probably vacate before um, the next presidential election. But nonetheless, he is not ready to do it today, he told CNN. CNN had a kind of a, oh, no, look on their face. But uh, that's the message they got. They asked the question. They got an answer for it. Breyer has also said several times, and he mentioned this again in his uh, short little interview with CNN, he he is warning the president, basically, by not, not by calling him out, out by name, but, but by virtue of what he's saying, he's warning against us packing the court, which I think is on the agenda with uh, Biden and that bunch and certainly Kamala Harris and the others, the far left, the, I mean, extremely far left. They want to pack the court. They just want to take control. They don't care about the foundations. They don't care about the um, the, the history, the, the, the stability of our country. I mean, they really don't care. So they want to pack the court. But he warned against it. He said it will further erode America's trust in it. Boy, he is right on that 100%. Jay Inslee declared a drought, as you may know, in Washington State yesterday. He said uh, this historic drought is being made worse by climate change. He had a press conference yesterday. 
He said we have to recognize that this wave of climate change is breaking across our state. And he said this is the summer of climate change. That had to remind me of Jenny Durkin, mayor of Seattle, her comments a year ago. This is a summer of love, she said, as the rioters took over Capitol Hill. Anyway, his declaration excludes Seattle, Tacoma, and the Everett metro regions and King County. But it means that the water supply is projected to be below 75% of average in almost all of Washington state. And of course, that if that's true, that has a direct impact on farmers, orchardists, and so on. And I'm closely associated with that, at least in my mind. I grew up in the orchard and in central Washington. So Washington farmers, their fields, the governor said, have been battered by the drought and extreme heat. He says he's going to make available some government resources. Be careful with the, hello, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. Be very careful of that. Dr. Fauci has become kind of a lightning rod recently. I want to talk a little bit about him today. Students for Life Action, it's a large, very large, probably the largest student uh, organization, uh, pro-life organization in the country. And it is, um, they're calling, officially calling for the firing of Dr. Anthony Fauci, not because of his wobbly positions on this uh, COVID virus, but for his role in funding aborted fetal tissue research at the University of Pittsburgh. Now, the University of Pittsburgh is well known for their medical research. I mean, they've kind of established themselves uh, for that. They do a lot of other things, too, but they're very well known for that. There's Kristen Hawkins. She's the president of Students for Life America. I don't know her. I've had a conversation or two with her in the past, but I don't know her, but she's pretty intent on this. So I, I think she's pretty convinced that they're absolutely right in what they're saying, but they're making some pretty strong accusations. So I would assume that they're pretty sure they're right or they'll, they would be you know, pretty vulnerable legally. But anyway, she's saying, she said that last month, it, first they held a kind of a rally in front of uh, Fauci's National Institutes of Health offices. She said, we do not support the continued employment of Dr. Anthony Fauci amidst revelations that his office has been complicit in barbaric, inhuman research. Well, that caught my attention. But he says that he doesn't do that kind of research. Is he contradicting himself? Did he forget what he's doing? Or is he just lying? Or are they wrong? Well, I want to talk about it. The College Fix is a conservative student-led news organization. It's all over this matter. And it's a very good piece. I read their stuff that they publish a lot because, as I said, it's student-led, and students write these articles from their campuses around the country. It's very enlightening. But a University of Pittsburgh spokesperson previously told the fix, the college fix, that the public university follows all laws, I'm quoting them, all laws and regulations governing fetal tissue research. Well, uh, Kevin Zwick is the official university spokesperson for Pitt University. He's been refusing to return calls to the fix over the past several weeks. He doesn't want to talk to them. This other guy isn't the official spokesperson, so they're kind of discrediting him on whatever he might say. But Hawkins' organization is petitioning 
the National Institutes of Health, NIH, to fire Fauci. So this is beginning to get some legs, as they say, and it's beginning to get some visibility in the country. The Students for Life Action Group has been working with some U.S. senators to share their concerns over this animal-human hybrid experiments that they're doing. I'll come back to that in a moment. Republican senators, including Montana's Steve Daines, Oklahoma's James Lankford, and Senator Braun of Indiana, they introduced an amendment to limit the federal funding of animal-human experiments. I know that's weird. I mean, it just, it's like, what? But they, they put up this, this amendment to limit federal funding for that. But they couldn't get enough votes in Congress to even pass a limitation on human-animal experiments. So what is Fauci's connection to this? Well, there's evidence that Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases has been sending taxpayer dollars to the University of Pittsburgh for research. That included grafting human fetuses to rats. Fauci's group has given $62 million to the University of Pittsburgh for research. The evidence comes from a video last May that was taken by pro-life journalist David Daladin. You know him. He has an organization called Center for Medical Progress, which has previously released videos about how Planned Parenthood traffics in fetal body parts. Remember that? We talked about it on this program. Last year it was in the news, and we were learning that all this stuff was going on behind the scenes. And Daladin would meet with people, and they didn't know who he was at the time. Now he's so well-known. Uh, I think he has to have other people. But he does a lot of uh, underground, you know, kind of investigative, uh, secret investigative kind of reporting. And they run a camera, and they talk to these people. While he was talking to a number of people, David was, uh, about a year or so ago, uh, at Planned Parenthood, and they were laughing about aborted fetal uh, baby parts and 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 how that you know certain parts of the body were worth more in the market than others i mean it was it was barbaric to say the least and i talked about it on this program you don't forget that kind of thing so anyway uh david is the guy that put all those videos out there he was immediately attacked by planned parenthood taken to court dragged through court they find him, they beat up on him, they I mean, they've just tried to discredit him in every possible way, but the video is the video. And I, I don't know David Daladin, I know a lot about him now, but I don't know him. I've never met him, but I mean good grief. If he says a certain thing and then here's the video and it shows the person he said said something saying it, I mean, even I can figure that out. You don't have to have a PhD and smart to know what you know, that he's telling the truth. So He was telling the truth because he had the videos to back it up, but they charged him with all kinds of things like uh, illegal recording of Planned Parenthood. They did everything humanly possible to cover for Planned Parenthood, and he's been fined and he's been dragged through court and all of this kind of thing. Well, he's the guy that had the conversation with these people at University of Pittsburgh, and they're talking about what they're doing. And he even got a hold of a few pictures of of. They're, where they're grafting human parts of baby skulls, their like their scalp, onto rats to keep the scalp alive for further research, scientific research. 
I hope that bothers you because it bothers me. But we cannot sit by with our eyes closed and our ears plugged while these people are doing this in a culture. Because God has called us to more than that, to at least speak out and be aware, and if given the opportunity, to do something about it. But these experiments include scalping aborted five-month-old unborn children and stitching them onto lab rats, exporting fetal kidneys across the country, and killing infants delivered alive for liver harvesting. I don't want that to be true, but I'm convinced it is. Daladin, whose videos confirm these activities at the University of Pittsburgh, he said local Planned Parenthood of Western Pennsylvania abortion providers supply the aborted fetuses while Pitt sponsors the local Planned Parenthood's operation. He said it looks like a classic illegal quid pro quo for fetal body parts. In other words, we'll do this for you if you'll do that for us. He is saying, and he's trying to get this matter to court, he's saying that that's forbidden by certain laws, federal and Pennsylvania laws. It's 42 U.S. Code 289G2 and 18 Pennsylvania Statute 3216. I mean, clearly it should be against the law, and it is. But state lawmakers have made it a felony to experiment on a living fetus or to fail to provide immediate medical care to an infant that's born alive in a botched abortion. But Pitt is saying they followed the law. They're not telling the truth. They're not following the law. The evidence is overwhelming that this is actually happening. It's taking place. So now they've launched a campaign against Daladin and his organization to destroy him again like they did or tried to do on behalf of Planned Parenthood just a year or so ago. It's interesting, Forbes magazine, I I just had to notice this, they put out an article the other day, and it it documented Dr. Fauci uh, in 2019, which was the last year that federal salaries were available. But Forbes magazine says that, quote, Dr. Fauci made $417,000. Six hundred and eight dollars in 2019, the last year which federal salaries are available. I'm quoting from Forbes. That made him not only the highest paid doctor in federal government, but the highest paid out of all four million federal employees. The fact, in fact, Forbes said, quote, Dr. Fauci even made more than the four hundred thousand dollar salary of the president of the United States. Forbes also notes that in August 13th, 2020, An Instagram interview with actor Matthew McConaughey and Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is with these Hollywood celebrities all the time. I mean, he would live with them if given the opportunity. He shows up with every self-absorbed Hollywood celebrity that he can get access to. I mean, he has a problem. I I just got to be honest with you. I've been in the people business my entire life as a, a minister, a pastor, ordained minister my entire life. I've been in ministry, and man, he has an issue, and it's an ego issue. I, I won't. <laughs> I would like to say more about it, but I, I won't. I'm not a psychologist, but I've counseled a lot of people and seen hundreds of thousands of people in my life in the ministry that God has given us throughout my adult lifetime. 
anyway, every I, I just you never hardly see a celebrity, but what you don't see Fauci somewhere in the in the background, and if he can get on their podcast or hang out with them or get on their Facebook, whatever, he's there. Anyway, anyway, this actor Matthew McConaughey, very popular guy, he's interviewing Dr. Fauci. And he asked, he said, Dr. Fauci, he said, have you made millions of dollars in, by investing in these vaccines? Dr. Fauci laughs, this big laugh. And he says, Matthew, no, I got zero. I am a government worker. I have a government salary. All this is quoted in Forbes magazine. If you're interested, his sidekick on the COVID task force, remember Dr. Deborah Bricks or Burks? She was paid $305,972 in 2019. Vice President Pence, during that same period, was paid 235100 which is what Kamala Harris is being paid now. But Pitt is defending themselves, the university. The Center for Medical Progress has discovered that the university has additional ties to Planned Parenthood in that several faculty members at the university are or have been also employed by Planned Parenthood. So Planned Parenthood employees are teaching at the University of Pittsburgh Medical School. During a hearing, Daladin highlighted the practices at Pitt that use fetal tissue, noting that the scientists described this scalping five-month-old aborted babies and grafting their scalps onto backs of lab rats to keep them growing in an interview with him, and he has the video. In one study, pictures show graphically rats running around in cages with baby scalps attached to them for science. In their own defense, the university made a statement defending this experimentation. They didn't even deny it. They just defended it. They're alleging that the fetal tissue with the Center for Medical Progress discovered to have included these born-alive babies at times. But they said, you've got to understand, this is the medical school defending itself against those kinds of practices. They said, you've got to understand, this is helping to cure life-altering diseases and injuries. In an exercise of choosing who will live and who will die, seeking to usurp the role of Almighty God himself, I suspect that Satan is whispering to the high and mighty above God medical scientists, you shall be as God. And apparently... They're believing it. I don't have time today to just touch on this, but I would like to, but I, I'm out of time, basically. But in Mary Shelley's classic story of Frankenstein, the no- notorious creature is hiding from human view when he encounters this suitcase in, in, the, in the woods and, and so on. You probably know the story. The monster reads Milton's Paradise Lost, and he can't, he can't help but compare himself to Adam and the fallen angel. And in the end, it shows that Dr. Victor Frankenstein had indeed created something that was about to destroy him. But he said when he saw this monster that he had created, I am like God. <laughs> I think that's what we are seeing today in our culture. Too many people feel they are like God. 
And they will make the decisions. We're living in a world like that today. Whether it's gender issues, marriage, national security, economics, I am God. I'll see you tomorrow. 